0: to Talk Radio. Are you ready to rock? Batista with the cat! And Andy Tennant is a stomach pitcher! I don't think he's pleased. Raymond Green looked like Duncan from Trent. Right now we're parents Cincinnati. We're gonna drink a lot of beer tonight. Hey, I'm just here, so I won't get behind. I
1: know words. I had the best words.
0: Am I being pumped or something? or
1: It's time for Fanatic Radio. is the We have people 60 it is 60. This is Blackmagradio. i Mike Garter. we always notorious for one Live and direct from the East Coast, where a very important Game 7 is tonight. We will get Flo's opinions on that. He has followed it more closely than I have. I, I don't think I've watched a single game of the NHL playoffs. We'll talk Kevin Durant on free agency means to the NBA. Some baseball talk as the Yankees are currently atop the AL East. Um, What I've been up to in the world of planning for the epic trip that will unfold in July. And uh, we're a little bit late to the show starting. Off on the right foot. I know. First of all, I want to talk about basketball. Because I knew, obviously there's not a, there's a two big sports going on. There's, uh, There's hockey and the NBA finals. Golden State won the other night, extending their, uh. Their chances of winning. Right, their chances of forcing a game seven. So I'm all over the place. You're catching me live and direct right now, making dinner and um, doing the doing the doing the bit doing the busy work. But good thing about that, I actually didn't watch a single game, as always. Uh, went wine tasting on Saturday. Missed all the all the action. Kevin Durant's return. Of course, my phone starts blowing up it's about, eh, I'd say about midnight. That game was, a game was in Toronto, but it wasn't that bad. The phone starts blowing up. It's my dad, you know, who giving me like live text by text updates. It's God love him. We'll get more to that. Splo joins us in the show. Um, I do actually want to start <laughs> off why we are relatively late. For, for those of you that don't know, we, we, we used, remember when the show was legit? We started on time. Now it's just like helter skelter. We're all over the place, but there's a good reason behind it. Because we're in. Okay, for those of you that don't know, I work for the greatest road course in the world, uh, WGI, and we have several events coming up uh, relative in relatively soon. Actually, I believe our six-hour race is only like two weeks away, um, and we'll get to that because that was part of my July adventures. But anyway, after the Fourth of July, we there after the Fourth of July weekend, there is this great event we host If I encourage if any of you are in the vicinity. Or around, please come out to the Finger Lakes Wine Festival, voted best wine festival, largest in the Northeast, and over uh, over 90 wines. And anyway, so there's a reason why. So I'm I'm working on I'm I'm sort of the keeper of the website. Me and my me and my boss. So you know, because because the uh, sports car race is our first actual race, I'm trying to get up to speed with the media appearances making sure the social pipes are, are enraged with content. So a lot of the wine fest stuff hasn't been falling through the cracks, but uh, it's, it's been less and less because we're actually building up to a legitimate event. It'd be like someone playing, the, it'd be like someone playing in the Super Bowl when the, when the playoffs haven't even started yet. NFL ain't focusing on the Super Bowl just yet, but they will eventually. So, uh, one, of our, so one of our biggest things is updating the website. There's a lot of things when we, when we did the re- we did a redesign couple months ago, and it's been, my boss and I, for both the, the glenn.com and flwinefest.com, it's been like an ongoing process, because our main goal is to just get the uh, the redesign up as fast as possible, and then when we do it, because the old, because the old websites were, were very archaic, they were like WordPress, they were like WordPress, WordPress level shit, which is not good, we are an established establishment, but anyway, we've been updating things. With, and of course, the problem is both of us went into the idea of a redesign. My microwave is, is yelling at me in the background. Um, we both went into the idea of having a minimalistic redesign, simple, everything there, uh, less is more. It was the, the the goal we took? Uh, the, I think our flaw, and we laugh about it now, we didn't really pull our employee, we didn't really pull our coworkers on what they wanted. So when we went, so when we did the redesign. It's all there. It's just either all on one page or it's like it's this, it's this great technology where you, where you hover over something. There's not an individual page for every single thing like there once was with the old websites. And so we've been just ongoing updates. WineFest, since it launched, I don't even know when it launched. Probably January, February, and then the com relaunched in, I oh don't know, maybe like November. It was like early, it was like late 2018. com went live in May, and that's the one with all our racing material. But the Wine Fest one, by finally, finally getting around to upset, uh, upsetting, updating this information. And the big thing about our, is our Friday night, we have something called the Launch of the Lakes, which is our, our sort of kickoff event. Because Wine Fest is an all day thing, Saturday, is Sunday. We have from like 5 to 9 ish or whatever. We have a, a kind of preview. A couple wineries, a couple food vendors. But that's what about it is it's like Greek themed. It's so like a toga party. Now it's, like, it's, like, you know, it's like Animal House goes outdoors. Um, and I've looked <laughs> into it once, my first my first year here. So what where I'm, where I'm following up with this is as I'm updating this this page for the website, I immediately am getting into into wine fest mode, and I and this is the year, and I, and I don't know if it's been verified yet by like the the powers that be or not, but we some of us are encouraging each other in the office to wear togas, and so now I'm thinking I want I want a little piece of that action, because last year I think like three of my two or three of my coworkers wore togas. You guys can actually see it on my Instagram. This is one of the photos I posted last year. Um, and so now I'm wondering, do I ask the masses, being a, because I am public relations, but then we don't get media at this event. It's just, it's just a lot of good people watching. Uh, but then again, Cindy, who ran Wine Fest, is no longer with us. So we are, I'm in limbo because do I, I ask the masses more from the youth club. Do I partake? Do I wear a toga? Do I go all out for this? How far is all out for this?
0: Yeah, that's a great question, and this sounds like a fabulous event. I think, well, because you, you, you never want to be the guy, like the one guy, the one staffer or what have you, wearing a toga. So I, I mm. there's always got to be another person, male or female. I think if you can get another person or if you hear from another person, and they're being legitimate. They're not being like a douche, like, you know, say, yeah, oh, it, and then they don't. It's going to make you look quicker, right. like a chump. Or you could do that to somebody else and screw them, which we love that also. But I think as long as you have the assurance of, uh, a, of a sound colleague, that uh, wearing a toga, I endorse. So
1: I think that's a yes. Yeah, because I know, I know the the, the girl who took over, uh, basically running Wine Fest. She's been kind of the one, adamantly endorse, adamantly saying, saying. Let's wear togas, let's wear togas. The problem with it, though, is no one really takes her seriously, or we, ha- we haven't gotten – like I said earlier, we haven't really gotten a second opinion from the powers that be. Or maybe we have, and I just haven't asked, because I haven't really thought about it. So, yeah, I think next week I'm going to start tying – because the problem is I want to get all this stuff out of the way because we have the Sixth Hour Race at the end of June – and then that next week is 4th of July week. So it's the holiday. probably like a couple of days off. I'm heading north of the border with my brother to, to uh, be good diplomat, uh, preferably in the alcohol department and tourism department.
0: <laughs> so,
1: and we, like I said, and then the, the way the calendar falls, week after that, Fest is that Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I'm trying to get everything done, bought, organized. I think, I think her intern is going to be doing it as well. Maybe that's maybe that's the thing. Maybe we, yes. maybe we hate. Maybe we get the in, maybe, maybe we force the interns to wear togas.
0: <laughs> so I don't know.
1: I gotta get. We gotta get. We gotta get a ship. it A ship survey or whatever. Uh, so stay tuned. Because I am thinking. Without thinking, if I if I do it, how far of a commitment do I make it? Because I'm looking at Party City, and I'm noticing there's sort of two kinds of togas. There's like your normal one. But then there's the, uh, the then there's the, the Caesar Augusta package, which includes <laughs> which includes like <clears throat> like those arm like those gold wristband like those gold arm wristbands and uh, a gold like flower a gold uh, crown of leaves. So then I'm wondering, okay, if I do it, uh, how far how how in, how in deep do I go? Because another thing is I don't want to, I want to be, I don't want to be basic, but I don't want to be like incognito as well. Because we have (laughs) like like the God of wine, a guy dresses up as like Bacchus, the God of wine. So I don't want to be, I don't want to be outperforming him. You know what I'm saying? So how how, how much, how much invested do I go
0: with that? I think he, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's one of those things you got to find the middle ground. I think, like, you don't want to go super invested, but you don't want to just completely half-ass it. I think you need to find that kind of happy medium, as that turn of phrase goes, where, like, you put a little bit of effort in, so it looks like, because you never want to, like, look like, you know, shit, strictly at a function like this. You kind of want to look like you put a little bit of effort into it, but not go completely all the way where you're showing people up, and you just look like a just look like a goofball in the other direction.
1: Yeah, exactly. Have you ever, have you ever done? Uh,
0: have you ever won a toga or been to a toga party before? I I have never done either. So clearly, I didn't have enough fun in college, uh, <laughs> or I guess even high school for that matter. But no, I have never done the uh, the toga activity, and but I'm sure it's a fabulous feeling.
1: How many frat parties, How many frat parties did you end up going to in college?
0: Because I was gonna say. I think I've
1: been. Uh, I went to one. I went to one toga party. I, mean, I didn't stay the entire time. I think it was during my freshman year. You know, when we were just trying. It, it was one of the uh, the original, what, what was that week called? Um, not orientation um, week, but what was that first week of college called?
0: Oh, what college is, yeah, college yeah, what college was that called? Yeah, not no orientation, orientation week, but like, yeah, I know what you're referring to. But, yeah, Welcome, I don't remember. Week. It's been so long. Yes, there you go. Simple enough.
1: Did you go? Did you go
0: to some freshman parties? Ah, God, probably not. Again, I wasn't a fun kid, and arguably still am not. I, you know, he asked me about the frat parties. I went to one frat party with you and our, our old buddy Nick Tappetis. That was, I forget what frat it was, but it was that frat house that like that was way out in uh, maybe almost in Maryland, <laughs> like way, way down Massachusetts. I don't remember where, whose that was. But
1: oh, probably, that was, um, oh, it was, uh, I don't remember their names. I remember a, a lot of guys on my floor freshman year were a part of it. Uh, preferably yeah. prefer, <laughs> the, uh, the, the immortal John Blundo, former guest and, uh, forever in, forever endorser of this show. He was part of it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah
0: well, I what, mean, was, what was their, what was their, I was going to say, what was their club called? What was their frat name? <laughs> Um, I don't remember. It's been so, it's been so long, and like just like the amount of oh, frat oh. parties I went to, you know. Phi uh, Sigma Phi Sigma Kappa. Phi Phi Sigma is what it's called. Yes,
1: that's because that was actually the first time. Actually, no, that that's that's a story. That's a story I'll take. That's a story I'll take to the grave, or maybe I'll say it later. My thumbs up, thumbs down. Yes, <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: I, have, I, have a, I have a reputation to hold. I mean, my. my I mean, I mean, you do I my, my, yeah, my mouth does get me in trouble a lot on this show, so I'll save that story for another time. Thank <laughs> you. thank you for what I did there uh, that, that, that I've never done since, but yeah, I went to a toga party. Uh, well, I really remember there was, is, there
0: I don't was, even remember the story, so this is just fabulous, yeah I know it, I know it
1: involved my buddy Russell in the in um the Lakers game. Because uh and, and and basically some uh some and, and basically some basically one of one of those uh one of those things you do in college that you try that, that you um that you try because it's college. And I'll just leave the cliffhanger and the speculation and <laughs> the haters or lovers to uh, up to the imagination.
0: Uh, yeah, man. I, mean, I think
1: it was like Big Up was always man, it's Big Up I don't know. They were always doing like a toga part. They always did the scene. Them and them and Del- Always did the themes like the classic crap themes, like the toga party, the Catalina wine mixers. From uh, shout out to Step Brothers. Yep. So yeah. So uh, to be or not to be wearing a toga, I will get more information on that as it uh, gets closer to the to that week. But we're still like a month away from that. So I want to get it out. Yeah. Of that. I want to buy my
0: stuff now. Of course, especially for uh, when we get the mailbag. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. It's about fan mail. Yeah, if they, yeah if they want if they if we get people what they want fans. How do I become subtle yet a yet the center of attention at a? Uh, I think so. not it's a toga party, but it's like. What's the be, What's the best way to describe it? It's like a toga party, but. Uh, it's for it's a very weird mix of people, like age wise. You have. You have your people that are probably our age are in their 20s, some early 30s. And then it just goes the complete opposite way where you've got <laughs> primarily women in their, like, their 50s and 60s, like late 40s, 50s, 60s. So that's the kind of – I had a great, great story last year. There was – a you know, that's another thing. We have, it's, like a, it's like a toga party so you can win to be like king and queen. Um, and then there's costumes as well, which I always thought was interesting. But then you got you, know, you got some group of girls that dress up like the Avengers, or there's a couple of girls that dress up like Girl Scouts. You get the one guy who has a tattoo of the track on his back that wore a Goodyear racing tire as his outfit. He had to like he had to like hook he had to like hook the strap Oh it. was like overalls. So yeah, apparently his family had. They were featured. Rut- Rutledge Wood. Um, interviewed them during NASCAR weekend because I guess the dad got oh, a tattoo. The, the, the sisters got a tattoo. All of the road course, track, like layout. So those that, are the people wow. you're dealing with. It's Wet not like, let just say that. I know, right? Um, so yeah, that's Launch of the Lakes. That's the 12th of July. Um, what was not 12th of July is the Stanley Cup. That is tonight, Game 7. Boston won big. Have you been following the the, the playoffs at all? or more importantly, the Stanley Cup? There's been a lot of controversy, but yet the final game of the season ends literally in the final game of the season.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of criticism and critiques of a lot of the refereeing, a lot of controversial calls, a lot of calls that oddly throughout the postseason seem to favor the San Jose Sharks, which everybody was like, okay, so is the league trying to help the Sharks of all teams? Like, what? So, that doesn't really make any sense, but been a really good, a really competitive back-and-forth series. You've had, you know, Boston will win. No, uh, win big. St. Louis would struggle, and then they kind of flipped the script. Uh, St. Louis had the chance at home on um, Monday, and was it Monday? Yeah, no, it was on Sunday night. Excuse me. And uh, they were not able to get duntuck Tucker rask which is spectacular, for the, uh, the Bruins. So it's going to be a fascinating Game 7. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm generally – well, I'm, also, I'm not a Boston sports fan. But I've also generally not been a particularly big fan of St. Louis sports. And, you know, the Cardinals fans are annoying. But we're polling yep. for the Blues because I gave the shout-out to the Blues recently for playing – the Laura Branigan song, Gloria, as the victory song. And I'm going to yes. make a prediction right now that the St. Louis Blues are going to win tonight, win their uh, uh, first-ever Stanley Cup championship. And I think that will happen tonight. So, I think you
1: bring up a good point with uh, Tuka with Rask um, and the Blues goalie. What would you rather take into a game seven? A goal set I don't even know the Blues, the Blues' goalie's name. Jonathan something. But he's got a good record. He's got a good record when coming off of, of losses. Or do you take Boston at home because who doesn't love home advantage?
0: Well, you know, you got it's always coming back home a little. St. Louis won the last time they played in Boston. Um I believe that's correct. Let me let me double check. I think that's correct. Yes. Um so, yeah, I mean, I think the position you'd rather be in is that of Boston. You got a goalie who, who, ha, who was hot in game six, really carried the team. The offense was good, but the key thing was really just Rask was just standing on his head throughout the game. And coming back home, that's really the position you want to be in. Of course, as everybody knows, anything can happen in game seven. and Of course, you get a hot goalie either side to really kind of spin the affair. You get a You know, bounce the puck this way, bounce the puck that way, and entire games can change on a dime. So, you know, playoff hockey, I think, is so great, and we love it. And, you know, I've been following the playoffs, which I've been following the playoffs more closely than I have, but, you know, can't win them all. But, uh, you know, I think it should be an exciting game tonight uh, for our friends on NBC. Do you love the Peacock Network?
1: Absolutely. Shout out to Doc. Shout out to the Doc. Still crushing it. Um, mm. Yes. We'll take a break. It's fan mail from here on out. Actually, no, before that. Happy hour. How was it? Last time Last time we spoke.
0: Oh, uh, gee, you know what? Very solid happy hour. i was seen a couple of friends of mine, uh, some colleagues, uh, one of them. Uh, one of my buddies from work, who I've been doing these kind of happy hours, if you will, on and off for a while, uh, just recently bought a house as you know, a freshly minted homeowner with his w- lovely wife, and you know, we give them a salute. Uh, my buddy Phil Vogel and his wife Angela Vogel, both A plus caliber of folk, and they're homeowners, which is also great because we love we love real estate. <laughs> We
1: do. Um, Were we you down, we down in a – what was the place you went to? Did you go to that Irish bar again?
0: Yes, I did. Uh place I just go so frequently because, you know, the special report staff led by my buddy Phil uh, usually goes most Friday nights uh, after the show to, uh, to Kelly's Irish Times, which is, you know, a block away from Fox. And, you know, it's a good bar. You know, I know the bartenders are good guys, uh, and it's just a good crowd. Of food solid, too. Uh, you get a good uh, buffalo chicken sandwich if that's, your, uh, if that's the way you roll. And, uh, yeah, it's a good joint. Of course, you got right next door to uh, Dubliner, which is another classic. You know, just tremendous Irish bar action here in D.C.,
1: Good stuff. We come back. Love fan mail. Kevin Durant, among, among other things. You'll listening to Fanatic Radio. Money is Jeff It's Fanatic Radio. Not a game. We're talking about
0: practice.
1: It's the reason you wake up on game day and put on your team's cars. Fanatic Radio on.
0: Love Talk Radio. Hi, this is Ben Florence from Fanatic Radio here for Clint, Texas Salsa. Best stuff around. Get the hot player for a good kick. Next time you're in the Salsa, Iowa, your local grocery store, pick Clint's Texas Salsa and tell them Flo sent you.
1: Every day is filled with a million reasons to give. Every moment is an opportunity to send a smile. From birthdays to get well days, there's always a reason to send a smile with 1-800-Flowers.com. And yes, hey, this is my gardener from the Millennial Show, Mac Radio host, in case you didn't know. I want to remind you that Father's Day is around the corner. Yes, that even though we just played a 100 flowers read, you can give Dad something better than socks. First of all, actually, no. I never understood why people always are bashing getting Dad's ties and socks. More on that later. But you can give him the gift of beer. Father's Day done right. Save $10 on craft beer Father's Day gifts. That's right. Get a membership of four more shipments. The Craft Beer Club. And you'll receive $10 off your purchase or get $25 off a 12-month membership. And the first shipment, Dad will receive a free bonus gift. Just use the package code BEERDAD, B-E-E-R-D-A-D. To learn more and go to bflow360.com for a special offer courtesy of your friends. Here's the money. It's the Radio. Radio.
0: What's wrong with that? He fought for his country.
1: It's the reason you wake up on game day. And put on your team's colors. Fanatic Radio on...
0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: And we're back. Fanatic Radio, my gardener, Ben Floyd. We are the Millennial Show. Streaming to you live oh. on the podcast on iTunes. That, okay, the live read. We love live reads. I want to go on this rant because I don't get <laughs> why people are ragging on giving socks and ties
0: Father's yes. Day
1: gifts. Like I, because socks get holes in them and wear out very quickly. And, of course, when you're in the business world, you can never run out of, of ties and polos. That's usually 90% of what I get my dad anyway. Do you feel, I, feel like, I, feel, I feel like we're on the same page with this. We hate corporate America and the hat of for devaluing the, uh, the old-school way of
0: Father's Day. I mean, I mean, there's no question. And, you know, I totally agree. To ask somebody that, you know, likes to wear nice socks – uh, loves a good tie you know absolutely there's nothing wrong with getting the old man tie socks now I want to give that to my father because he doesn't wear a tie to work or particularly often but hey you know can't be a good tie and yes absolutely corporate America is just trying to uh, change and adjust how, you know like the classic Father's Day action and we're in you know thank God for this show because we do not stand for that man
1: I was going to say, we stand, we stand, we stand for the, the, on the, on the platform of right. What's the best, what's the best father's day experience you have with your old man?
0: Oh gosh. Um, or best gift. You know, I'm trying to think, um, you know, that's, that's the unfortunate thing. I'm trying to think off the top of my head, what have been some of the stuff I've given my father? I mean, usually it's, well, I'll ask my father. Who's, you know, he' a pain in the ass to get gifts for. Admittedly, because you have to like pull it out of him. Like, what do you want, Dad? They're like, oh, I don't want it. Oh, give me, Give your mother. something. Oh, yeah. So yeah. off the top of my head, I don't know. I think I. You know, I. I am admittedly not a great gift giver. Uh, usually, I defer to my sister. Uh, she's a better gift giver. I'm very good at writing the card, and writing the doing a little uh, notation. Never been a great. Gift giver, admittingly, and I think this just last minute plus, or I can't remember the best things I've got my father, kind of exposes that. So I never, I never gave stuff that day. My dad's birthday is
1: just around Father's Day. Um, I've done stuff in my life where I've always been like, oh, this is, this has the merit of a Father's Day gift. But it was in like May. I mean, one of the coolest things I ever did with my dad was took him to the Indy 500 uh, in 2016, which was the 100th running. Which was a pack that we made like years ago. He, we went to the 2001 Indy 500 when Heather Catcher never for the very first time, Beautiful. one of his three. Beautiful. And he was like, "Yeah," he's like, "I only go back, I only go back to the 100th anniversary." So I think it was like the 85th running at that time. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went back to Indy 500 a couple of years later. I'd always go to the Brickyard 400. And the whole time I'd be like, hey, Dad, you, you want to come this year? And he was like, you go to the race this year? And he was like, no, no, I'm good. I'll go to the 100. He kept saying, I'll go to the 100. I'll go to the 100. And my dad, is, my dad is notorious for being a man of his word, but not being a man of his word if it's like, if it's like an investment or like an idea that he didn't really fully endorse himself. 2016 rolls around, though. And he was like, oh, we're going to the Indy 500. It's the 100th anniversary. And I was like, oh, you're actually like, true to this. Got him a ticket. We went. We ended up seeing probably one of the greatest races I'd ever witnessed when a then 26-year-old Alexander Rossi stunned the motor racing world by winning it on fuel and being an American to win the Centennial 500. And now he's like a star in the IndyCar series and beloved by USA racing fans everywhere. One of my favorite drivers. Um, So yeah, that's kind of my idea. Father's Day is this Sunday, so love your dad. Give him some love. I never took him to a baseball game either. He of course mainly because he never wanted to go because we live because you know our local team was Texas Rangers, and of course ballpark in Arlington in June is thousand degrees. So there's that. But we have fan mail. Thank you to everyone who submitted com or social pipes. We try to get as much as we could. Um, a lot of NBA Finals questions. I think the, I think the, the big sort of elephant in the room that we ask that the fans ask us flow is uh, Kevin uh, Kevin Durant playing and tearing his Achilles made you feel blank about the whole situation.
0: Oh, I felt terrible. I felt really bad for Durant because you know Durant's been in this a kind of unfair position where he's kind of been. Bashed by all accounts, he was being bashed because he wasn't playing. But also now you get some folks that are like they're bashing him for like you know Mike, our buddy Mike Francesa, bashing called him selfish for wanting to play. It's like, you know, and then in, and then he had the whole thing where are the Warriors good enough to win without him when he was hurt? You know because they went to the Portland series and what have you. it's one of those things where. I felt awful for the guy because, you know, I always felt if he was able to play like he was going to play. I mean, if he didn't think he could play, he wasn't going to play. He was clear by the doctors. He was good to go. And, you know, it just felt terrible for him. He had had a relatively, I would say, a surprisingly heavy load early in the game. We saw a little more of him, but I think that's also because his Golden State team is just not that deep. And so I mm. felt terrible for Kevin Durant, you know, to, to face this injury because now it's like, you know, you hear people like, oh, well, he shouldn't have played. It's like, if anything, this is, I would say, a credit to Kevin Durant because, you know, he wasn't 100% healthy. And now he tears the Achilles going into off season, and a year in a stretch where he's been, you could argue, he was going to be the MVP, but you could argue one of the, per, perhaps the best player in the league, although, I think right now you'd probably argue that could be uh, Kawhi Leonard. So I feel terrible for the guy. I feel awful. I mean, it's just horrible timing. He came back, and then he gets hurt again. Uh, He apparently, you know, was not Achilles tear. Uh, He did have have a successful surgery today. And it's just unfortunate, you know, Kevin Durant is just such a terrific player. And we'll see how he comes back from this. But historically speaking, even the best of players that have had Achilles injuries they don't ever come back and are at the same level, so I think it's important right. and I think it really sucks
1: so you say you say terrible it made me feel, it made me feel ironic because that, there are early reports when he yeah, had that calf strain that that Kevin durant originally thought it was an achilles, So it's, and it's ironic that the day he comes back he ends up injuring himself again thought. It, it is it is separate. Like I said at the top of the show, I didn't watch it. I'm married. I'm gonna watch it probably tonight when I um down the show. But it's it's very it's very ironic because of just the timeline and circumstances it happened. And it's sad it's Sam been watching the NBA Finals. And he's not in it because the last two years have been so enjoyable, especially when last year when he just came and drilled the ball in the floor game three trained like a. 35 foot jumper over LeBron, and they end up sweeping Cleveland. I think they saw Cleveland. Um, so what is it? Has that, so how does it make you feel for Game Six? Back to Oracle. Kevin Durant gave his team a game of life, um, but do you think Toronto,
0: now now that Kevin Durant is
1: officially out, with no with no, no no shareable doubt,
0: does Toronto close it out in six? You know, it's going to be very tough to see because Toronto, you know, when they had that run when they had uh, Kawhi, if he scored like twelve points in a row. that took the six-point lead uh, late. It really felt like the game was over. They didn't have an option for Kawhi, or uh, you know, way to defend Kawhi. It really felt like Toronto has just taken this game by the horns. A game that Golden State was the stronger team throughout, and they played so much better early on, where it even seemed that. Uh, it was kind of surprising how close it actually was. But and then Toronto, they had one of those things where they were so close. And then, you know, Nick Nurse took that ill-fated timeout. Everybody's basking. Nobody really knows why. Uh, and then Golden State hit the three threes in a row. And then Toronto just had a series of terrible possessions, and they never were able to uh, take advantage of even DeMarcus Cousins, who had just a horrible stretch of – Uh, of goaltending and offensive goaltending and that kind of wild uh, moving screen, which I have never seen that call made that late in the game. I I thought that was pretty wild. Um, so So Toronto just lost that position. And, you know, you just see how tough this Warriors team is. But, again, we saw this Golden State team beyond Clay and beyond Curry, who can they really rely on? Demarcus Cousins had his moments, didn't play terrible, but they all had some just boneheaded mistakes at the end of the game. Uh, and then beyond that, you know, uh, Looney's hurt. You know, Livingston's not giving you anything, and who, re- you know, Igudala's hit and miss. So it's really it's really tough. And, but it's also you're going back to Golden State, so. Mm. I don't think Toronto closes the zap. I think Toronto, I would say, is more likely uh, than not to win the series still, but I don't see the series ending in six.
1: I think it's like the Stanley Cup finals. Toronto has to win. I mean, they have to, but Toronto doesn't win Golden State wins. Just because now Durant hit the reset button, it's kind of um, a 0 0 series where. Steve Kerr's still throwing a million combinations, and momentum is key, especially in basketball as well. Although, not so much like the Stanley Cup playoffs, there's so much time in between the games in the NBA that if Toronto were to lose game six, they would have at least some suitable game plan and just throw everything at the kitchen sink, Everyone, everything but the kitchen sink for game seven. But I think, if Toronto, I think Toronto will win six. But, you know, I don't know. I could be proven wrong. Maybe going be a final continue, though. Tomorrow. Thursday. Thirsty Thursday. Um, moving on to something that we love near and dear to our hearts on this show, uh, the Women's World Cup. United States defeated Thailand. 13-0 in a <laughs> biblical route, um, which which leads to which a good, which leads a, knowing uh, today's America leads to a very interesting debate. Is it just the way of the game, or more sportsmanship by the U.S.?
0: Well, I think you know, you know, uh, your buddy Rob Stone, like after the game, was like, ah, oh, well, they kind of ran up the score a little bit, and everybody, literally everybody else on the set, was like, no, because here, first off, you know, I don't really accept the idea of running up the score. Uh, in the sense of, I don't really buy it, because you still have to play defense. Like, Yeah, like, if you're up, by, you know, like six touchdowns, you shouldn't be throwing the ball deep every play, but in this case, and especially, you know, in that second half, the U.S., it was just comical. Like, you, you would look away, and then you'd look again at the screen, and they'd have another goal, and just, they were just, you know, the top, the Thai defense, bless their heart, was just pitiful, and they just had no chance. It's also important to note that in terms of, you know, the sportsmanship question, you know, this isn't a friendly. This isn't a, you know, just a regular game. This is a World Cup. And especially, you know, in terms of seeding and advancing, goal differential is critical. And the more goals you can rack up, that gives you more of a safety barriers. Let's say if, you know, somebody gets hurt or you have a team that, uh, or you just, you know, pull an upset or you get a draw, and that can happen in soccer, and you know that better than anybody. So I don't really have an issue with it. I think, and especially if you watched it, it wasn't like, you know, they were really aggressive. They just were getting like a lot, a lot of these goals were a lot of second and third chance opportunities. And just the Thai folks, uh, the Thai ladies, really didn't have much of a chance. So I don't really have an issue with it. And of course, it was kind of fun. And, you know, rah, 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 go America. I mean, that's what we're all about.
1: Yeah. I you, So everything you, everything you said was great because I had a conversation with my mother earlier today. And Ooh. we were – because I remember she mentioned she – because she's currently on summer break right now. And so she mentioned that. And, of course, being a soccer mom, because my brother and I played growing up, she was 100% for – uh, everyone uh, for if, if, you t- if you use the Rob Stone analogy, everyone uh, in the studio, mainly former players, a couple of hacks around there as well. I don't know. I haven't watched any other than other than the other than the first goal of the World Cup for France. I have yet to watch any of the Women's World Cup. Did I know what I was doing when the U.S. was playing? I just saw it on Twitter. And it was laughable. But I am all for. I'm, I'm not. I mean, I'm not... I'm all for, I mean, I'm all for a good rolling up the score. I mean, we watch it in college football all the time. We watch it in uh, basketball all the time. My thing is, like, you hit, you hit the nail on the head. This is not friendly. This is the World Cup. This is 24 of the of the 200-some countries on this great planet Earth. Um, My first thing is I do not think it should be 24 countries. I think it should legitimately be 16 because there are – actually, there's probably about eight really solid women's soccer team. And then if you double that, make sure every continent's represented, yes and yes. I mean, what is Thailand doing in the Women's World Cup to begin with? Of course, people <laughs> are like, the United States is in the top, I think like two or three in the world. So, rightfully so, if they come out as their first game, they, they, they have waited a week. Since they before they play, because I think they're like they're seeded in the last group of like Group Eight or whatever. So so much hype, so much pomp and circumstance going on, and they hadn't even taken the field yet. Of course they're gonna come out like a bat out of hell and kick the crap out of the first team they play, especially in the World Cup. Because if they had, if they've gone out there and only scored like three goals. It's almost the damn if you do, damn if you don't. If they get, if they went out there and scored like five zero or three zero, I think they play Sweden next, who is, who's coached by the, uh, the great ex-patriarch he assumed Sundin, who led the United States to not the promised land. I don't think she won anything with them, and, and and we and we hate her on this show. I'm just kidding. She's great, but Sweden was the team for those of you who don't know, that upset the United States in the Olympics to which um, are our great. Ambassador to the world, Pope Solo basically tarnished her reputation, bashing their style of play. Uh, and where is she now? You know. So I think if you have to, you have to come out and set the tone, especially especially in the World Cup. First game is always important. We remember when the, the men's team, when they were in uh, Brazil 2014 playing against Ghana, our, our self-made African rivals. Won an emotional game. John Brooks header and stoppage time or late in the nineties, late in the eightieth minute or whatever. Um, so, when he, getting those three points is, is very important. Because, like, if you're tired of lose, you're already behind the eight ball. People, and that's the thing. People need to shut up about because people because people are like, yeah, I was like, oh, I was like, that's not fair. You feel bad for the tie. We feel bad for the Thailand team. First off, words that no one in this country utters on a regular basis, unless you are probably from Thailand, and with that you'd have no idea your team was in the Women's World Cup. So, I think I, because country sucks on so many levels, the fact that there are people angry at our na- at national pride boils my blood. I hope the U.S. wins every game, eighty to zero. I hope they win um, because I'll probably just watch. Final. Actually, you know, no. Watch, I'll watch the quarters. I think once you get to the quarters, that's when it gets good. That's when you get your Frances, your Germany's, the Chinese, if they make it that far. Um, no, but I do. My, my thing, though, is, you know, I, I will start as a disclaimer. I'm not a sexist person, but I do love the fact that now, uh, now that women's athletics is, is more on the forefront, Um I do love how without Morgan scoring five goals and the U.S. scoring 13, they're like – like, every American outlet is, is grouping men's and women's World Cup
0: staff. saying like, oh, this is
1: the most in World Cup history, blah, blah, blah. Even though there's been nearly double, triple the amount of men's World Cups and women's. But, you know, that, that, yeah, we'll gloss over that. But then, like, some international outlets, they're just like, oh, this is a women's World Cup record. They, like, don't, even, they don't even, like, associate the men's World Cup with the women's World Cup. Um so yeah. Yeah, do not do not frown in the US. Shout out to my girl Jill Ellis. Because people when she took over that team, they laughed at her and they said there's no chance that she's in over her head because I think it was one of her first few games. They lost um but now she uh yeah, that's right. She like she like lost the Olympics. So so now they um and then they're they, they people are like, Oh yeah, they got they, they they have like they're they're old, they got a bad back line. So yeah. People, people need to people need to go away. And uh <laughs> and um and support the US. So I I I I know the next time they play. Uh we go to baseball. We know we know the MLB's initiative is to uh to let them play, you know. Let the guys do whatever they do. What did you make of the exchange between Madison Bumgartner and uh, the dude from the Dodgers, in which the pitcher was doing a little bit of trash talking? Me, um, I
0: thought it was great. I mean, are you, what are you eating? Are you like me, eating, resulting in the show? I'm eating a little ice cream. I'm sorry. Oh, Ben and Jerry? No, it's what. I'm sorry, uh, it's this enlightened, like, low-fat ice cream is only a couple points on the Weight Watchers, so that was that. There we so, go. Apologies, cause I, especially because I was just about to finish. Um, I thought it was great. I thought that you know everybody has this, this unwanted um, uh, or should be the unwritten rules of Major League Baseball, like, you know, don't admire your home run for too long, what have you. So, I thought it was great. I mean, especially I love how the response was like, if, you, if you're if you so concerned about it, go get the ball out of Bacavi uh, Cove. I thought that was fantastic. Yep. And what was great is that, talking about Max so, so there's this clown, Phil Sanchez, who's a, uh, a sports anchor somewhere. He allegedly is a baseball junkie, but he tweeted, and it just blew up on Twitter before he deleted it. This was three days ago. He tweeted, Max Monty is hitting 278." He didn't put the period there. Which means that he fails at hitting set ball more than 70% of the time. Uh, but he said, "But he said, you know, let the kids have fun, uh, whoever this class is. And he just got completely destroyed on Twitter, um, which was fantastic. And eventually he had a tweet. So that dude's a jackass. But I thought it was great, and uh, you know the Dodgers uh, Giants rivalry is one of the great ones in baseball, and uh, it was good stuff. I loved it, and because it's funny, because we talk about baseball and, and, and
1: its ultimate demise on the show a lot. Primarily, I do yeah. to just to see your takes on it. But I think I, this makes me more inclined to watch baseball because I'm still I'm on a, I'm on, I'm not a purist or, or a, a beloved a beloved follower of the game like you are, but I'm not a hater either. You know, I have my I have my angst every time the Cubs are on, thinking that oh my god, this is the day this team loses. And uh, <laughs> and now knowing that Theo Epstein has made bank, picking up some uh, some much needed help, Carlos Gonzalez in the Rockies and uh, uh, what's that guy? Whoever the closer from the Boston Red Sox. Uh, cricket yep. And and then and then of course you know I'm on social media constantly, not for my own personal gain, ninety percent for work. And <laughs> I love it how the other day I saw that, which is great because we hate Madison Bumgard I can't stand him. People are like he's the greatest pitcher of this generation. That is not true. Um, he's a hack that only had one moment in the sun. And people think this guy is the ultimate lockdown pitcher. I'm glad his career is slowly crumbling in front of him. Um, I'm glad the Dodgers are back. Shout out to my boy Clayton Kershaw. And uh, shout out to my my other boy Cody Bellinger. Shout out to the Dodgers for not firing Dave Roberts either. And it's a loyal organization that is willing to (laughs) stick it out to the end. Because they got all the money in the world. And if they fire Dave Roberts. I actually, actually, a side note about this. The other day I was in Buffalo. Uh, we took Kathleen Leggs to Field, the Buffalo Bison, or the uh, the AAA affiliate of the Toronto Blue Jays, for media event. And on it, and at Salem Field, which is formerly Coca-Cola Park, they had this. They have this great. We love the minor leagues, and they have that Wall of Fame. And they used to be the Indians affiliate. They used to be, and then they're recently the Blue Jays affiliate. Uh, so they had so they had a lot of they had a lot of great Indian players. Yeah, you know, you like Travis Hafner, great Sizemore, Coco Crisp. Um, I think I've been more recent of the Blue Jays players. You know, uh, Joey Bat has been down there. Um, I believe Strasburg? No. No, I'm wrong with that. Anyway, Dave Roberts is on it, because I think Dave Roberts played with in the Indians for a short period of time in his career.
0: And it was great
1: because I was like, oh, there's so many guys I know. I oh, yeah, of course, yeah, you got, like, Black Herrero, Junior, Craig Bezio's son yeah, okay, so as a little as a little side note, while I was mentioning Dave Roberts, but those guys make it fun to watch, and especially this dude from the Reds, and I I think the Reds are probably one of the worst teams in baseball. But there's a guy named Derek Dietrich that he's officially getting the uh, the Fanatic Radio um, Showboat Award of Justice because I watched a montage of this guy, Smack home runs out of the park. And I love the way he, 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 he goes yard. I guess the Pirates, we hate we hate Pittsburgh, we hate the Pirates. Um, he goes yard,
0: and then he just sort of
1: swaggers around the bases. I think it's fantastic because I always, of course, nowadays it's not, it's not hard hitting home runs. But then again, I say to every common American, you try to get in that small little box and – Swing a wooden bat at a ball that is rocketing towards your body roughly in the 75 to 90-mile-an-hour range. And don't tell me that's not hard. I think if you hit a home (laughs) run, I I endorse celebrations in baseball because it's one of the few sports where you don't really celebrate. The only time you really do is if you get a home run, you might get to the home plate and do your stupid little thing. Um, At the end of the game, one of the team lines up, high-fives each other like a bunch of YMCA players. I love that. Uh, and then, every time a pitcher wins the World Series, he throws his gloves in the air like he just got shot in the back. So, those are the only real times you really celebrate. Or or you're like that clown that hit the home run for the Indians in Game 7 of the World Series, and he ran around the bases, like, screaming, thinking he's going to be this national hero. And then the Cubbies came back and won, and uh, Ben is, uh is forever a god in my eyes. So... Thumbs down to that hack. So I don't even think he's in the league anymore. Where is he now? Sports Illustrated, get that, get that expose on that, on that fool. But I'm all for it. Jerry Dietrich, please, you gotta watch this. We'll put it on the website. We'll put it on the, put on the social pipes. You gotta watch this guy because he, he's taking. He's because one of the great things was I think it's like a Cincinnati news station or whatever. He hit the home run against the Pirates. And then, he's, first of all, he did the Jordan, which we love it when, when Randos – because he, he's not a nasty known player. He's only, he's only known because he's, he's, like, slugging an amazing percentage. And Critters came out of nowhere. But he did the Jordan. So we love when Hacks do – we love when Randos do the Jordan. And then um he, there's one there's one club where he hits the home run, and he sits there, and he kind of just shrugs his shoulders and starts jogging the bases. And the Twitter, like, caption was like, yeah, all all, all Cincinnati just got pregnant. I'm like, what?
0: <laughs> it's going on.
1: It's like SB Nation's garbage. We hate we hate SB Nation. Do not give everyone the free range. You have to have at least some sort of integrity. But no, anyone can do it. But yeah. Let the kids play. My thing is if you stick by that initiative, you can't go back. I mean we bash the NFL all the time for it, but they went they they have doubled down on Thursday night football. They they didn't ask us about it, but they doubled down on it. And, I, and then I take it a step further where, like, every team has to do a Thursday night and then, like, the London series or whatnot, they're still doing the London series. So, yeah, there's that. But I, I loved it. I thought it was, I thought it was fantastic. Um, let's see what else we got. What else, hap- what, else, what, else what else has happened? What else has happened in the world?
0: Um... Anything
1: new with you, Flo? How was your
0: weekend? Uh, it I'll was a see, solid weekend, days. you know. Uh, yeah, it was a solid weekend. A nice weekend of work, and I had a uh, my actual weekend on uh, Monday and Tuesday, which was uh, which was pretty low key. Uh, I think it was Monday was a rainy day and soaked, but I just kind of kept it low key, you know. Not not a lot going on here.
1: Oh, what did you, you make? What did you make of the dude
0: crashing the helicopter in New York? Oh gosh, I mean, well, you know, any, uh, you know, as one of the things that everybody was talking about, any type of you know accident of that size or any type of you know aircraft accident, and in, in New York City, obviously sends a lot of shivers down a lot of spines because of just you know the history in New York. Now, fortunately, it turns out it seems as if what happened was uh, this guy was operating the aircraft you know the the visibility was bad and he had some sort of mechanical issue and he was like i got to i got to land this thing on the top of this building and you know i think a lot of people can be uh, very fortunate that he did because um you know if if you know it's it, it was a busy time of day you know it was you know kind of lunch hour in a busy part of new york and so that really could have gone um, very poorly. And so, unfortunately, this uh, this pilot did lose his life. But it's one of those things to where it could have been a lot worse. And, you know, when we think about the memory of this pilot, you know, I think he should be uh, saluted for what he was able to do and prevent uh, an even bigger potential tragedy. Would you ever – would you ever fly –
1: would you fl- learn to fly a helicopter or – so uh, would you, would you, you live life in the air or life, uh, life at sea? Helicopter or, like, scuba diving or submarine?
0: Yeah, I, I think I would go life at sea. You know, I, I have gotten seasick when I've been in a boat, but I also have a fear of heights. So I think that hmm. being at f- certainly flying a helicopter may be kind of cool, but as somebody that's not, cool, not great with the heights, and sometimes I get a little nervous, you know, when you kind of take off, when your airplane, you kind of hit that those kind of initial, uh, initial like, kind of like you know jump up into the air, if you will. I don't know what the proper terminology is, um, nah, but I would say a life actually, I think is uh, more for me. Yeah,
1: I would. I've always want to learn fly a plane. The accessibility because I I don't like. I I hate the notion of not seeing land. But then again, you know, i watched, I watched enough movies. I've seen Die Hard and something like helicopter. And I put, I put my handful full of GTA. And uh, <laughs> never go when you're operating the, the airplane or the helicopter. Um, but, yeah, I would always I – I would always – I would never get in a helicopter ever. Because there's never a good story about a helicopter. But I would love to learn to fly. I think it would be kind of cool. Small aircraft, light aircraft. So many, so many, so many, um, thousands of feet off the ground. Not I'm saying, you know, I ain't, fly, I ain't flying for Delta soon. I'm just keeping, I'm just keeping it real. Um. <laughs> and we also keep the real by way of this. You cannot be serious! But it's time for Thumbs Up, Thumbs Down. That's right, our quickly acclaimed segment, What's Good what's Bad in the World, Sports, Politics, Life, Love, Hate, uh, Anything else because we, we give we give we give shout outs, shouts, shout outs shout outs to all the shout outs. Um relatively light week, which is the way we like it. We actually had a good conversation. Once again, podcast on iTunes, spots dot com be about these sixty dollars mm. social pipes. Check it out. We talked uh, how we love the new school but we love the new school baseball. We helped several hop on the bandwagon with it with us. We um uh, Hey, so Stanley Cup is tonight, breakdown down that, and uh, Kevin Durant's Achilles tendon injury. Oh, yeah, I thought mm. the it was the U.S. and Thailand, but, well, thumbs up, thumbs down, take it away.
0: All right, so uh, I'm going to start off with a uh, couple of thumbs down. The first thumbs down is going to go to farmer t- farmer's tan. I always get a pretty good – I'm a pretty pale cat, and I always end up getting a pretty good farmer's tan. I realize, in fact, I'm looking at my right arm. As we speak, and um, yeah, it's a pretty good farmer's thing, because you know I'm out and about, I'm walking all over town, you know, in the mix. Should probably wear more sunblock than I do, but you know, can't win them all. Sometimes also, sometimes our good friends at Blog Talk Radio, for whatever reason, our episode last week, the audio was like continually buffering. And I don't know if the show ever posted. Also, when you look at our show page, like, they don't have a lot of recent episodes up, which is also kind of odd. Although this, for example, this episode is up on the website, so we'll see how that is. And then that's the reason why for a couple of my uh, thumbs up, uh, which I will get to. First thumbs up is going to go to, I mentioned Weight Watchers earlier. Weight Watchers 2.0, I've been on it back for the last three weeks. Got six more days to go, and it's just been great getting closer and closer to my target of 160 pounds. When I started the Weight Watchers in late October, um, I was like – was it October? No, it was uh, late November. Excuse me. I was like pushing like 185, maybe 187. Now I'm down to like 161, which is great. Uh, so thumbs up to Weight Watchers And thumbs up to Ben Florence uh, Two more thumbs up uh, First thumbs up is going to go to uh, uh, my bo- Both of them are my buddies at Fox you know, First one is going to go to cause I'm fumbling my words uh, Megan Wells Now Megan Herman Who we mentioned on last week's show Which again audio issues uh, Just got married To her now husband Which was fantastic I saw all the pictures It looked like some legit winery uh, which I'm sure was fantastic, uh, and we again, as we talked about last week, we are all in favor on this show of love, and we love love. So, thumbs up to Megan and her Mister uh, for getting married. Who doesn't love that? You know, we we you and I, we need to go to more weddings. You know, it's fantastic. We need to take the show on the road to a wedding. Uh, and I like think wedding crashes. Right. Yeah, I think that'd be fantastic to do the show in the parking lot <laughs> and be like a live remote, It'll be like Radio Row. <laughs> Who would have loved that? That'd be great radio. We're
1: <laughs> live from the uh, from the rental car.
0: Yeah, exactly. Whenever like, you know, if, you know, uh, a Chris Aldov gets married, like, we should get invited and then do the show live. I think that'd be fantastic. Oh. Uh, not to pick on CED, but I just needed uh, a sports... Okay. another Second thumbs up, third thumbs up, excuse me, is going to go to another good friend of mine. Uh, one Kellyanne Jones, the pride of Somewhere in Ohio, I don't remember where Last week, last Thursday morning I worked an 11-hour shift uh, From 4.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. And I was in early to do a lot of logging For our White House team And the White House unit, Trump, as we talked about uh, Was on this day uh, Giving his remarks at D-Day Then later had a bilateral two-way meeting With uh, French President Emmanuel Macron And so I'm rolling in early And I'm doing a lot of logging and what have you and, you know, we're on the system called iNews. That's our kind of our news system. And I get a top line from a colleague of mine, one Kellyanne Jones. They're like, oh, yay, Can't, uh, love that you're logging. She gave me some really nice compliments throughout the morning about my logging. And it was really nice. The previous day I had a meeting with a member of Fox DC Management. And I won't get into too many specifics, but Maybe didn't go particularly well, I thought, and it left me a little down on myself, so it was awesome to have somebody out of the blue, somebody who whose work I respect, and she, along with another top-notch White House producer for Fox News, Kristen Brown, they kind of tag-teamed the travel pool, kind of were traveling basically with Trump as opposed to the rest of the press corps who were kind of, you know, within arm's length, if you will, uh, right. or uh, apart from by arm's length. So. Uh, that was really cool, and then I did it, like just a shitload of verbates for her throughout the day, which was great. And I and I love helping the folks, and I told the folks the Powers that be like, "Hey, White House stuff, something I'd be interested in. So how about that?" So that's my thumbs up, thumbs down. Very good. Um, my thumbs
1: up or thumbs up goes to Lining Klugels, Summer Shandy. Tis <laughs> the season. Uh of the lemonade-flavored beer. Although there was one, I don't even remember the name, but I know our our vice president loves it. It's um, some, I think some Rochester Brewery, but it's brewed with uh, with Nathan's, I think Nathan's Lemonade, the lemonade you get from like Coney Island, whatever that that special New York lemonade is, uh, it's brewed with that, so that's cool, because I actually recognize that. Speaking of Coney Island, thumbs down to, actually no, I just mentioned my thumbs up, actually no, we'll end with thumbs up, we'll end with positivity. Thumbs down goes to uh, the ESPN, the 30 for 30 series, or just the film, ESPN films. Because 30 for 30 is over when the 30th film, by the 30th filmmaker, ended. Easy Cash Cow, they, you know, they, they ended up just milking Bill Simmons' great idea. Uh, they're coming out with one, I'm assuming around 4th of July weekend, of a documentary about Kobayashi and Joey Chestnut, a rivalry of hot dog eating which I think is, they've run out of ideas. It's just ridiculously stupid. Uh, I'm not going to watch it because yeah, the concept is dumb. They're really bad documentaries as of late. They're so lazy because they don't make them to make them anymore. They just make them to put them around, like the, a college basketball one around March Madness or a football one around the draft. Or there's one about Janet Guthrie, which is which was around the Indy Gradually, uh, it was a pretty decent documentary, but there was an even better one that Fox made, um, like three months ago, around the Daytona 500. So thumbs down to ESPN and their they're shoddy film work. Um, thumbs down goes to Amazon. We hate the conglomerate because they need to stay in their lane. Unfortunately, they don't do that anymore. There's something called Amazon Prime Wardrobe where they just send you a box of clothes and you try it on. Now, I am all for going to a mall or a store. You've got to try something on before you do an impulse buy. I never do stuff online unless I've tried it on first because you, you're guess, if, you guess, if you go through life guesstimating, that's not good. And the fact that you could literally do anything off of Amazon. It's very scary. Be- Bezos has got to stop. We, someone needs to stop him. Um, he's going rogue. They have all our information. The drones are attacking. This is literally like something out of the Terminator. Thumbs down to Amazon. The, cause Amazon does not make clothes. Amazon, Amazon publishes books, and makes. Empowers my fire stick. They should not do anything else. I don't know if the world agrees with me on that, but thumbs down to Amazon. Uh, thumbs up goes to my mother, who I'm probably going to call shortly. Uh, she's got surgery tomorrow, but thumbs up because we want to wish you have good wishes, uh, successful surgery, speedy recovery. Lots of love and support, not just from her son, Z, uh, but the entire supporting cast. All the, the the love that my neighbors have shown, my relatives. So thumbs up to thumbs up to family. Thumbs up to O'Han and family. "Quote Stitch from Lilo and Stitch." Never saw that movie, but I don't recommend anyone seeing it. It it looks awful. It was it was a dumb dumb Disney movie. Uh, thumbs down goes to the FIA. I was watching the Canadian Grand Prix the other day, on Sunday. <laughs> and Sebastian Vettel was winning. Ted Vettel with Ferraris. Goes off the grass, much like we all do in video games. Uh, comes back onto the track. From footage, looks like he gets in front of Lewis Hamilton, forces the Brit to let off the gas. Vettel goes on and wins the Grand Prix. Or so we think. FIA gave him a five-second penalty. For impeding the racing line, thus awarding Lewis Hamilton a victory by which Mercedes has won every single race this year. Uh, so thumbs down to Europeans. They, they stink. They don't know what they're doing. They, it's all emotional. It's all an emotion, not on logic. But the best was the reaction. Thumbs up goes Sebastian Vettel. I, mean, I encourage you to watch this on YouTube or, or the replay on ESPN. It's still up there. Hopefully it is. Because uh, in Formula One, there's this thing called Park for May, where the top three cars park in, on, on pit road in, in the respected podium spots in this little caged area where the guys get out and celebrate and whatnot. So Vettel didn't do that. Hamilton rolls up. Uh, Charlotte his, uh, his Vettel's Ferrari teammate, pulls up. And then there's no third car. Where's Sebastian Vettel? He has previously parked it way at the front of pit lane and is pushing his car, like, back towards the garage. And all of a sudden, he just walks away and probably goes and yells at the FIA. And then the best was, I guess there's threats saying, like, oh, if you don't go out to the podium, the 18 points you get for finishing second, you won't get at all. So he's like, fine, I'll do it. He goes out, kind of shows face, waves to the crowd, and then proceeds to take a little stanchion where his first, second, third, and swaps it, and puts the number one spot in the blank space where his car was. Complete, you know, thug life like like action. I love it. We endorse comedy of errors. I uh, love the fact that they booed Lewis Hamilton, which is great because it wasn't Lewis Hamilton's fault that he won. He was just there. Thumbs up to fashion battle Thumbs up to our favorite show, that uh, of Rick and Morty. I saw on Twitter mm-hmm. that four months later, new season will come out. So that 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 leads us to what, like about September, like September, October, which will go by very fast, fans. So I encourage you to binge watch all the episodes. And Absolutely. a, what was that? Thumbs up to my dad. This time next week, it'll be um, he'll be another year older. Shout out to my dad for that. this 65th birthday? I don't know. Age is just the number of my eyes. Um, so yeah. Oh, and by the way, thumbs down to thumbs down to Rafael Nadal. Uh, hack of a tennis player only can win on clay. People saying he's one of the greatest of all time need to be uh, muzzled and locked in the closet because no one's better than my boy Federer or Pete Sampras. Or Rod Laver. If you're good at one just because you win one tournament, because you're, you're you're a specialist. That doesn't make you a great. You're s you're a specialized tennis player. You're not a holistically well rounded tennis player. And that'll do it for this show. As all of Spain Spain is overrated as a country. It goes they go broke. They yell, yep. they complain. Um which is why we don't like Pablo Sol. But I think he retired. So thumbs thumbs up. Tagusol, one, of the, one of the one of the better Spanish players in basketball. It's probably still alive in the NBA Finals. We'll talk that next week. And I don't know what we'll, we'll talk about. <laughs> we'll talk about something else. But um from all of us here at Fanatic Radio, That's what it's for once influence. I'm Mike Garner. Check out the podcast on iTunes, Social Pipes, PodcastGrader.com. Audio should be better. We're gonna come because uh, if you excuse us. We're going to go dropkick the door on Block Talk Radio. Yeah. But until then, that's all I